lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. Greetings. Happy Friday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I am Steve Dace. Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre are both here with us, as is our good friend Denise McAllister. She will be joining us here in just a moment. 888-900-3393 is the number. That's 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com. That's how you can email the program. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Parlor at Steve Dace. And check out our new YouTube page, youtube.com slash Steve Dace. And the last name is... D-E-A-C-E. Also want to remind you, the novella sequel to my 2016 book, A Nefarious Plot, A Nefarious Care. There it is. Ask and you shall, you shall receive. It took, me, it took me a full week to put this together, Steve. Indeed. You shall receive five days later. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the uh, the novella sequel to my 2016 book, A Nefarious Plot, which we are working on the movie version as we speak, uh, A Nefarious Carol. Comes out on December the 15th. Pre-sales happening right now at Amazon.com. I've heard from uh, uh, tons of you that you've already ordered pre, uh, pre-ordered your copy. Thank you very much. And uh, I look forward to getting everybody's reaction to it. I hope it lives up to the mediocrity that you have come to expect from all of us. Typical Friday uh, itinerary here on the program. Next hour, we'll get to some of your feedback uh, on a Feedback Friday. But we begin... As always, with the day script. Your weekly look at the week that was brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cupcakes, guys. Did you see this yesterday? Huh? I did. I huh? did. I told you when Fauci got silenced with that thing on his throat. That was the moment that was, look how things have changed in the last three weeks. College football is definitely a go. The Big Ten's moving its season up. It's just a matter of when. The unemployment uh, report came out today. We're under 10%, actually well under 10%. Now the the official pre-Obama era uh, reconfiguration is actually 14.2%, but we're all going by the Obama era reconfiguration these days. So it's actually what, 8.9%. We've recovered half of the jobs that we lost because of the shutdowns already this year, huh? I mean, things are tenants out in theaters this weekend, right? I told you three weeks ago when Fauci was silenced, that was the moment that 2020 began to turn around. And then yesterday, further confirmation, can you hear the passion and excitement in my voice? Reese's peanut butter cup cakes were announced yesterday. I'm in right now. Aaron, your thoughts? Ali Akbar. Thank you. Uh, let's get to issue one. Bleep, Aaron says, or Democrats say. I'm sorry. I think it's not debatable anymore how far this man will go. Oh, of course. How low he will go we and go. how dark his soul is. I said several weeks ago, the man would shoot us if he could. It's not, I'm not going to Fifth Avenue. That, that's, that's... I'm serious. Forget bodyguards. He better have an army if he thinks he's going to walk down the street in New York. So violence is up in New York City. 791 shootings since May. That's up 140% since 2019. Eight- Look, we've had a perfect storm here, Katie. Um, 
people, a million jobs lost in this city. People without work, kids not going to school, uh, houses of worship not open, you name it. And then our court system hasn't been functioning until recently. Uh, all because of the coronavirus. I think it's time for us to uh, recognize we, we are in a very perilous situation uh, if you want to see a change in November. Um, we have two social movements. Uh, both have edges of violence to them, one on the left, one on the right. I think it's baked in that Donald Trump is, uh, is not going to challenge uh, very strongly the police violence, the vigilante violence, and a lot of people, frankly, are comfortable with that. The question is, how are Democrats and progressives going to deal with the edges of violence in our own movement? I think that Joe Biden can reach, can, can actually begin to move his own movement in a better direction. We need a national moratorium on these nighttime marches. This picture went viral of a five-year-old boy in Georgia who was just broken down into tears yeah. while he was learning online. What is your message to, to boys like this one, his mother, and of course he speaks for, for millions? My message is when Joe Biden is elected that he won't be sitting there crying. He will be sitting there with his laptop with a smile on his face. I take responsibility for trusting uh, the word of the neighborhood salon that I've been to over the years many times and that um, when they said, well, we're able to accommodate people one person at a time and that we can set up that time, I trusted that. As it turns out, it wasn't set up. So I take responsibility for calling for a setup. And that's all I'm going to say on that. I think that, they owe, uh, that this salon owes me an apology. And to have this woman who is the child of a Jamaican, the child of someone from India, um, a woman of color, uh, rise up. I think it's this feeling of affirmation that for the first time since the founding of this nation, I can look up at that uh, historic ticket and see myself. Why in God's name don't we teach history in history classes? A black man invented the light bulb, not a white guy in the United States. COVID has taken this year, just since the outbreak, it's taken more than 100 years. Look, here's the lives. It's just, it's, I mean, you think about it. You stop your boast about never being seen that what you, you, you can do anything. All right, let's get to it. You're, I, I don't even know what to say. After all of that, I mean, two weeks ago, or last month, actually, Joe Biden, too dangerous to reopen the schools. Jill Biden, hey, you elect Joe Biden. You're going to be back in school. So there you go. First question, Denise, as our guest, you get to go first. What was your favorite shot of total depravity this week? Would you would you chase it? And then what did you chase it down with other than bile? Go ahead, Denise. <laughs> uh, well, my favorite had to be um, Pelosi saying that she's personally responsible for not being personally responsible. Um, you know, <laughs> Which is a very Democrat thing to do and a very leftist thing to do. You know, I, I, I take responsibility for trusting the people who weren't personally responsible. So she really tried to pass the buck there. That's always fun. And I have to wash that down with an amaretto sour, I think. Nice. Yeah. Good call on that. All right. Todd, what do you think? I kept changing. I, I find Cory Booker's thing to be amazing. The, he pulled a Michelle Obama... After the Obamas were in the White House for eight years. I mean, Michelle Obama's, oh, that, that was 
craven and disgusting, but it wasn't just certifiably insane. What is wrong with Cory Booker? He remembers what just happened, doesn't he? Uh, or is he still think Bill Clinton was the first black president? I, I don't get that at all. And it's the disconnect. It's very similar to how, see, way back before COVID, do you remember when we were going back and forth laughing about how during the debates when we were, we knew what a Buttigieg was, how they were talking about how awful healthcare was. And this is after mm-hmm. this thing called Obamacare. Right. Like, right. it's, it, it's, on how? any given day, do you know if Barack Obama was ever president or not? On any given yeah. day, do you know? I, I, and you, it's instructive because you. This is like the people increasingly over time that oppose us are going to be like. You can't, and it it speaks to what Steve says all the time about there's nothing to share with them. You, there's it's a totally different world. You're going down some sort of wormhole where all of reality is different to them. They have a totally different reality. They have a completely, totally different worldview than you do. I mean, you know, what, what, what part of what's a gender, what's a baby, what's a border, and what's a criminal would lend you to think that there's there's some agreed upon common ground Oh, well, here. this is what was my point all along about before we had ever heard of COVID. Like, once we believe in transgenderism, this this can't possibly go well but i'm still amazed it's he picked the guy who picked kamala harris is a guy named joe biden who was necromanced explicitly because he was the vice president of barack obama the first black president yet cory booker is standing there this is saying this is the first time he could be proud how how i shows it's never enough it's never enough. Nothing will ever satisfy them. It's like everything starts anew so that they can use the same old line That's exactly every right. time. That's exactly right. So it doesn't right. matter what you do for them. It should be a lesson to uh, anyone who's trying to placate yep, give the them nothing. unhappy people. Yeah, I yes, totally agree with yeah. you. And I used to be the kind of person that didn't think that way. I had to learn this lesson the hard way. You know, what you just described, Denise, we've seen, we saw it play out this week with John Boyega, the Star Wars actor. Does anybody know what the hell a John Boyega was before 2015? Right. No one knew who this dude was. Right, and now he's Star Wars takes him and, and, and cast him in their new trilogy. Essentially, makes him the rebooted Han Solo, but black. That's essentially his character, the former rogue who's re- who's redeemed at the end and and becomes a true believer in the rebellion. Right, that he's the he's the Han Solo character. Right, okay. Um, except this time they made Han Solo a black guy, and he could have taken this break and made himself the next Harrison Ford. Instead, the dude just goes on social media constantly losing his mind over the most minuscule. Now, Disney was racist. Were they racist when they cast an unknown black guy in the lead role of a Star Wars uh, trilogy? I mean, in- instead of embracing this the way Chadwick Boseman embraced his casting in his film as as further progress along those lines and, and, in- and immersing himself in that role and the humanitarian and racial pioneering aspects of carrying that banner all over the world. Boyega is just a an ugly, bitter man. It's sad to watch, but he's in a prison of his own making, Denise, because of what you just said. Because, because the grievance is my identity. Fighting the racism is not the identity. The, the, the grievance, the struggle with is the identity. And so therefore, I can never win. It's never good enough 
Because if I, if I, if I, there must be, there has to be some injustice somewhere that justifies my, my identity. So I'm, it's not that I'm fighting racism. That's not my identity. The struggle is when I had to, when I learned that lesson a few years ago, it, it revolutionized my thinking on this because it got me, it, it forced me to understand I can't, I can't do anything. I can't satisfy this because the struggle is the identity. They have to find something to struggle with. Otherwise, it doesn't reinforce their own persona. And so, therefore, it gets one more thing that just can't be placated and it simply has to be defeated. Aaron. I think for me, it's it's probably the, the opening of the montage, the just juxtaposition of those opening three clips. First, we have a... Uh, um, a rather um, interesting-looking Antifa person saying, I am not sad that a bleeping fascist died tonight, juxtaposed with what's-his-face Joe Scarborough from MSNBC saying Trump would literally shoot us if he had the opportunity. Um, the mayor or the uh, the governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo, saying that if uh, Trump comes and walks down the street in New York, that he better, better not bring bodyguards, he better bring an army. Like and then and then on top of that, uh, New York Mayor Bill De Blasio saying, "Ah, yeah, the uh, hundred uh, hundred plus fold increase in violent crimes or whatever that statistic was. Yeah. It's all yeah. due to coronavirus." Oh man, that is that is some grade A. That is some grade A gaslighting. And guys, along the lines of what Todd was saying, they just live in a different in a different universe they just see the world differently and it's not at least from my perspective it seems like it's based on whatever whatever they want to believe at any given yes time. there is no yes mooring whatsoever what affirms so, my desired exactly. outcome at that time yeah. is true yes yes coronavirus uh restrictions i want masks to work to so therefore they do that's I want right lockdowns to work so therefore they they do i want america to be systemically racist so therefore it is so therefore i'm going to go march out in the streets and destroy property Preach. and things like that they just whatever they want to be true at any given moment is true you can't reason you can't argue with that at all as we've discussed before the best thing you can do if you even get one to engage with you which they won't do because they see you as subhuman but if you can even get a leftist to engage with you the best thing to do is just ask questions and hopefully that will short circuit some of their programming but it's it's creepy can you guys only imagine in uh, in the last decade if some southern twang gop governor had had been asked a question about Barack Obama's lack of popularity in the state and just joked, man, he better bring every Secret Service agent he's got down here. Can no. you only, first of all, don't even ask yourself what the left media would do. The Republican Party would have that guy resigned in 10 minutes, right? I mean, he'd be impeached by a Republican state legislature before we even had a column in the Atlantic. Or, or, or it wouldn't even it wouldn't even have to get to Vice, and the column you would read at at Slate, Salon, and Vox would be that the GOP didn't act fast enough yeah. in purging this racist from their ranks. Right? That That's was my, exactly what would happen. Well, that was my first favorite of the week. But then I, when we got to Booker, the reason why Cuomo can get away with that is because the layer of Booker types in the media, just with in progressivism in general, mm-hmm. that are I mean, no one puts the pause button behind Cuomo they're just like yeah and if you're Andrew Cuomo you're 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 being aided and embedded in, in the, maybe the worst gaslighting in American history with your coronavirus response mm-hmm. at this point you probably just feel like you're invulnerable and you just say whatever the hell you want to say and nothing happens yeah yeah probably exit question on a scale go ahead Denise 
I was going to say, if it fits with their truth and their narrative that they've de- defined, then, the, then anything goes. As, you know, but if it's anything from even like objective truth, then it's going to be rejected. So if it fits into their narrative, they'll approve. And, and just seeing that they'll approve of violence shows what their narrative is and what their truth is. Exit question on a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being as far gone as Joe Biden's mental state, uh, and 10 being, or I'm sorry, 1 being as secure as Joe Biden's mental state, and 10 being as vigorous as Jim Acosta's hacktivism. Rank this week's level of total depravity. Aaron? 10. Todd? 10. Denise? I'm going to put about an 8. I've seen it worse recently. Let's get to issue 2. 60 days. The presidential election is now... Believably, a mere two months away, and after an unprecedentedly unprecedented year for President Trump, where he saw his key message of economic growth and prosperity be tanked by the response to the coronavirus, and where he saw dire polling over the spring and summer, those two fronts are starting to turn. First, with the economy, on Friday morning, it was announced the U.S. added 1.4 million jobs in August, and the unemployment rate plummeted to 8.4 percent. That means since the pandemic began, and according to Fox Business's Dagan McDowell, the U.S. has recovered 48% of the jobs lost since March and April. As far as polling goes, that's starting to turn around as well, as the Democrats continue to lose control over violent leftist factions amongst their base, leading to continued rioting and violence in American cities. The Real Clear Politics national polling average still has Joe Biden with a commanding lead over President Trump, which sits at 7.2 points. But in the battleground states, it's becoming a different story. The Real Clear Politics averages for Wisconsin sits at Biden plus four. North Carolina is Biden plus 0.6. Florida is Biden plus 1.8. Pennsylvania is Biden plus 4.2. Michigan is Biden plus 2.6. And Arizona is Biden plus five. But the trend surely is swinging in Trump's favor. In Pennsylvania, for instance, Biden enjoyed a seven-point RCP average lead back in mid-July. Now that average lead has shrunk to four. 4.2 points, with the latest poll of that state showing Biden with just a three-point lead. In Wisconsin, Biden enjoyed an eight-point average lead in July. Now he's up by just four points in the RCP average, with one poll released this week showing Trump leading in the state. In Michigan, it's a similar story. In July, Biden led by eight points in the RCP average. Now his lead is down to just 2.6 points. If leftists keep rioting and the economy against all odds keeps recovering, then Election Day could be another good one for the incumbent. First question, Todd, we go to you. Where do you think the race stands? Big picture, 60 days from the election. Uh, We're going to see the most embarrassing 60 days in American political history. (laughs) That doesn't mean Trump's going to win or lose. But look look at the news that we woke up to. Today, maybe it was out late last night. I think I first saw it this morning with this story out of the Atlantic. Right. You know, yeah, it was last night. You multiple. Uh, and for the uh, record, our show position, Denise, you may not know this. We uh, Three years ago, we learned our lesson the hard way. Um, anything from or about this White House with anonymous sources, we just we don't talk about it, comment on it on our show. Because I don't know which, who, who knows who's telling the truth about anything, yeah. but that's that's but, what Todd you're referring to, yeah, right? Yeah, that's that that's just the beginning of what these next 60 days are going to look like and if and if you know guys like david french who used to be just 
a reasonable guy instantly po- well it's of course it doesn't matter that it's anonymous it just sounds true that's basically what he said so i we're we're, we're not gonna be there's nothing i said it uh when i talked about the, the one is dumbest last loses in 2016 which uh apparently i was just a little ahead uh, of the curve on but there's not going to be anything aspirational about what we're doing here uh at the very best we're putting our finger in the dike and hoping for revival all right so denise todd says his big picture takeaway is the next 60 days will be even dumber than the previous couple of hundred days have been and it's going to dumb all the way down the stretch what do you think denise well yeah they're also going to twist everything that comes out of president trump's mouth I mean, it's going to be twisted. Take that meeting, for example. Dan Bongino, I think, has said that he's talked to people who are also in the meeting and said, no, that's not what was said. So anything that he does say that's remotely able to be twisted will be like the um, voting twice that he said down in North Carolina. Um, he didn't say, hey, everyone go out and vote twice. Hey, great, because you are you have two votes out there. He simply said, uh, you know, if you vote in absentee, go and check and make sure it was counted. If it wasn't counted, then you go follow up and vote in person. I don't know if you can actually do that. That may be a legal thing. Um, but the point is, is that he was not saying go vote so two votes can be counted. He was wanting to make people to make sure that their vote was counted and to do what you can to make sure that your vote is counted. Uh, but was that nuance ever brought to bear in the media? No, they immediately ran with the worst case scenario. It will be that way from now on uh, we are going to have to go to the original sources get things from the horse's mouth no anonymous sources um, and listen to actually what's being said so we can battle back the propaganda that we're going to be hearing in the next several weeks I I try to learn lessons when I'm wrong because I hate being wrong I hate it maybe as much as anything in the world harm to somebody I love and being wrong are the two things in this world I probably can't stand the most. So I, I, I'm trying to learn from how I so miscast and misforecasted, I should say, this election four years ago. And, and so here's a lesson I've learned. I kind of think people that live in Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Iowa, Minnesota, I don't think they read The Atlantic. Yep. That's my big idea. throwing that out there i i don't i don't think there's too many people that at any point in their lives have ever thought about voting for donald trump for dog catcher read the atlantic can i can i thank god is that is that am i too far on an edge no no, no thank god you're right but as you've also said most of america isn't twitter that's the same principle right. you're absolutely right, right. but Twitter sets the agenda, and it's agenda that Donald Trump just can't help himself. That's which we talked about yesterday. Yep. If the election's today, well, can you stay on target long enough, or will you be baited into something colossally stupid? And just to follow up on what Denise was talking about, when I did see this story trending last night, my BS meter went off right away, like it did after I started investigating the Imperial College survey, that their math doesn't add up. It, it didn't work in their own survey. And, and, and the math doesn't add up here. Here's why. First of all, does Donald Trump stay stupid in incendiary things? Yes. Um, am I Caucasian? Are, were, <laughs> were all previous popes Catholic? Because we're not sure about this one. <laughs> right? Okay. But you see what I'm getting? I mean, that's that's so so. There's there's right away a veneer of boy, I could totally see Trump doing something stupid like that, right? Yeah. Okay? But then ask yourself this question. All right, the fake honors 
of John McCain when he died from the same people that when he was the GOP nominee told you he was a racist, misogynist, xenophobic, homophobic bigot. All right. Uh, think of it. Think of it. Think of uh, think of all of the the proctology exams that have been done of Trump and his world for the last three to four years. And, and if and John Bolton's you don't think John yeah. Bolton would have thrown this into his right. book, guys. You don't think he would have thrown it. In, and another thing, yeah. he did that because that would have actually been the top line takeaway from his book. It would have generated far more interest than anything else in his book did. Just use common sense with some of this stuff, right? And so a whole bunch, so five anonymous sources just decided 60 days before the election, right when the job market's turning around and Trump's poll numbers have improved by 50% comprehensively across the board. It just so happened, you know what, guys, I remembered that. Come on, man. Come on. But it's happening. So you agree with me. It's going to be really dumb. Aaron. So along the lines of not learning lessons or uh, what you said about learning lessons, people who are not learning lessons uh, repeatedly on a day-to-day basis, uh, obviously the media, and we're going to, as Todd said, this is going to be, this is just a preview of the next 60 days. I just kind of like the WNBA players last week who just mysteriously, Mm -hmm. mysteriously had custom-made t-shirts ready to go for their spontaneous protest. I I just find it really amazeballs that a Democrat, a Democrat group had a, had a, had a commercial all ready to go regarding this, uh, regarding these uh, supposed comments by Trump. Just ready to go for a story. They had it ready to go this morning for a story that just broke last night. I just find that amazing. And I find it also amazing that Joe Biden also is having a, a meeting with some uh, with some veteran members of, of Congress. As well. I just find that totally amazeballs that they were able to do all of that so fast. But here's, here's the deal. You want to know how grab him by the hoo-ha got elected president is because of stories like that. Now, you're absolutely yeah. right, Steve. The top-line analysis is that... Uh, do you know anybody at your church? Do you know anybody and maybe some of your undecided friends, if there are any? Do you know anybody who reads The Atlantic? So you're absolutely right. That should be the top line analysis. This doesn't serve any any point whatsoever. Now, let's say now let's say, uh, for instance, that Trump actually there is a story out there. Let's say that there's a story out there that Trump did something really bad. Like, I don't know, paid paid for. uh, uh, uh Let's call it uh, reproductive services for some woman out there. And uh, and that gets printed. Who is going to believe that? Now you're now you're impacting a demographic that actually could be persuaded if you had credibility persuaded Mm -hmm. away from voting for Trump. Mm -hmm. If you had any credibility Mm -hmm. because you've but because you've blown all of that. There could be another dozen grab them by the hoo-ha videos out there, and that's not going to sway anybody because you've completely, you've completely lost your credibility altogether. So that's, I mean, in a really perverse way, and I'm not morally um, absolving this whatsoever, in a really perverse way, these stories just help Trump. Because, they actually do. Because yep. at the end of the day, if there is something really bad out there, yep. most of the people out there, even the undecided ones, are just going to be like, ah, the media, they're doing it again. Go ahead, Denise. I think that's why I think they'll focus also on the violence to scare people. They'll have these fake stories by these fake journalists with fake sources, but they're going to keep hitting home the personal things that actually do scare people and scare grandma in the church and people who aren't reading the Atlantic. You know, that violence is coming. It's Donald Trump's fault. People are dying. It's Donald Trump's fault. You're not safe. It's Donald Trump's fault. Uh, This is going to be pressed on and on, just like in the clips at the beginning of the show today. Uh, Violence 
violence, 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 and it's all Trump's fault. So I think you're going to see that narrative increase because they have lost credibility on a lot of these gotcha stories. Eight years ago, The Atlantic did a feature on me, and I was like very proud and sent it to a whole bunch of people in my family, and they were like, what is The Atlantic? <laughs> Nobody knew what it was. Nobody knew what it was. Might as, well, might as well have been the bargain hunter, man, or the shopper. Then they would have known what it was, but they, they had no Do idea. Do I look like the kind of guy that would yes. be in the Atlantic? Yes, thank you, Mr. Cuomo. By the way, Little Birdie tells me more is coming on that front, by the way. More is coming on the Cuomo Cohen front. That's what I'm hearing. So Don't keep a scorpion for a pet. Yeah. Exit question. If the odds Donald Trump will be reelected 60 days from today, if those odds were an Eagles song, which Eagles song would it be? A, The Long Run, B, Take It to the Limit, C, Peaceful, Easy Feeling, or D, I Can't Tell You Why? Denise. The Long Run. You still think there's long odds it gets reelected, okay? Todd, what do you think? Take It to the Limit. And interpret that, meaning what for you? Well, like I've said, it, it's the 11th hour. We, we okay. just cannot possibly know. Okay, all right. Aaron? As of this very moment, it's a peaceful, easy feeling, actually. Look at Mr. Cynic over there. Yeah. Dude, i got to give you a, well, a salam, a ham salami and bacon or something for that. Look at that. Okay, well, let's see. I don't think this has ever happened on the show where everybody's been different. Can you possibly take, I can make a case for each one of these. You can say I can't tell you why. No, I, 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 I don't agree. I'll tell you what. This is this is odd too. Uh, I don't think it, I disagree with Denise on the long run. I think his odds have dramatically improved, dramatically, dramatically. In fact, I think if the election were today, I think he would win convincingly. I do, but it's not. But it's not today. That's not today. Sixty days from now. All right, we'll come back. I keep getting this question every day in my inbox, so we're going to debate it when we return. here on your weekly look at the week that was Steve Dace here with Totters and Aaron McIntyre our good friend Denise McAllister is here with us as well I apologize in advance Denise for uh, I had no idea we were going to have um, uh, some of the feminine mystique with us on the panel when I produced these four topics or three topics this week so um, and look there's another wasp landing right now on your desk Aaron as we speak that I'm deathly allergic to didn't you cool. say didn't you say they sprayed for these yesterday I think so. Yeah, yeah I yeah. talked to the no, pest they, control they, guy, they, guy yesterday. They did a very, very poor job of that. So I think they're we'll just see wild if I can up. Continue this show here today. Um, anyway, Denise, because I'm deathly allergic to bees, so that's a thing. But um, um, I chose this topic not knowing that you were going to be subjected to this man talk uh, for the I next. Love t- man talk. Stop. You, okay. No. All right. All right. I'm the perfect person. Because because I am getting this email every day, every day. So I said, fine, let's talk about it. Issue three, are you ready to quit some football? Football season is officially underway. Although the NFL canceled all of its preseason games and at the collegiate level, the Big Ten and Pac-12 athletic conferences remain in limbo about whether or not they'll actually play football this season. 
Three Division I football games are already in the books, with over a half dozen more slated for this Labor Day weekend. Next week, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Houston Texans will kick off the NFL season on Thursday in a game featuring absolutely no fake punts, Bill O'Brien. Anywho, like everything else in America nowadays, the sport is surely politicized and will be, at least at the beginning of the season. The NFL has promised it'll paint the end zones with social justice phrases and monikers like end racism, etc. And they're also allowing players to wear so-called social justice decals on their helmets. At least one NFL player, the Jacksonville Jaguars' Tyler Eifert, says he plans to honor the murdered former St. Louis police captain David Dorn with his helmet decal. Back to college football, the battle to play in the Big Ten continues to wind on. Like sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. There's so many facets to this story, and it's now irrevocably political, so who knows where that'll end up. High school football has restarted in multiple states across the U.S., including the announcement yesterday that the state of Michigan is reversing course and allowing high schools to play. At the end of the day, though, football is back, even with a social justice and highly politicized bent. So I get an email every day. And I guess I guess there's just a lot of you that are just you're just a better class of human than me. I don't know what other conclusion to come to. okay? but I don't hunt. I don't fish. There's very few things I have in my life that actually gets me outside of this arena. And I know what some of you are going to say, which is, well, you're not getting outside of this arena because they're politicizing it. You don't understand the mind of Steve Dace. I am a master compartmentalizer. Like, look at this show right now. I'm, I'm literally, my life is being threatened as we speak right now. Right now. But yet you are still receiving the same bit of mediocrity that you would at any other time when I'm feeling completely safe and secure and not exposed to the obvious nest of wasps that is somewhere here in my studio, right? The show goes on, I march on, I compartmentalize. So every day I get an email from somebody though that I must just be, I must hate America. I'm not as committed to the conservative cause because that's me, you know, I don't, I don't take any risks. I don't take any heat. I I don't contrarian at all. I just go with whatever is the low-lying fruit that keeps us the most insulated. That's how things have rolled around here the last five years, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty much, yeah. So, um, are you ready to quit on football over politics? Aaron, you get to go first this time. Uh, no. No. I mean, I, I still have... I, I, I Like you... The, the sport, purely the sport, despite, and, and I'm sure this is going to get into replay review here in uh, T-minus uh, two minutes, um, but even despite all of its imperfections, the sport at its essence is still, is still just an amazing thing and an amazing picture of teamwork, of responsibility, of masculinity, all of these, uh, all of... Uh, um, of responsibility, like I said, responsibility, and all of these, all of these things that we cherish about masculinity. Really, uh, you can take a look at it from an Americanism perspective as well. Still, at its essence, the sport represents all of those things. Now, the people playing the sport, the people putting on the show. Yeah, yeah, not not so much. You can have a million different opinions uh, about that as well. But I'm able to compartmentalize because you know what those guys in between the plays, 
or during the plays, I should say, those guys running around on the field, you know what they can't do during a play? They can't go and look at the camera and say, Black Lives Matter and racism forever. Um, uh, uh, repeat all those mantras because you know what? They're playing the game. Like Leon didn't go, Leon in the middle of the third down and nine play, Tyreek Hill decides he's not catching that pass. Yeah. In the fourth quarter, because systemic to extend racism. the drive, yeah. because of systemic racism, is that what you're saying? Yeah. So yes. I mean, even even with my beloved Chiefs, I would love <laughs> I, w- I would love to love uh, more aspects of every single player on that team uh, outside of the game of football. But I really don't need them to agree with me politically. I don't need them to agree with me politically in order to enjoy this sport when they are playing the games. Uh, now, I don't, you know, a couple of years ago when they made a big deal about televising the kneel- kneelers for the national anthem, um, you know, that ticks me off because they're just trying to put it in your face then. But you know what? I can I can turn off the television during that time if, if it offends me that much. Sure. Um, but I can, you know, during during the actual games, I can still enjoy the sports. Now, there are a number of different tentacles to this that you can address or not address but I don't need these athletes to agree with me politically. It's fun. It's fun when there's a Tim Tebow, um, you know, taking a knee and praying on the field, Tebowing, what have you. Um, but, you know, that's kind of cool. But I, I don't need that the same as I don't need all of these social justice warriors um, to, to, to agree with me either. So. I'm not here, by the way, to convince you to keep watching if you've given up on it. I don't, I don't get into matters of conscience with people. Now, the scriptures are very clear in matters of conscience to offer an immense amount of grace, okay? So I'm only speaking for myself. To quote the great prophet Jean-Luc Picard in Star Trek First Contact, okay? They assimilate a world, and we fall back. They assimilate entire, entire systems, and we fall back. The line must be drawn here. So 40 years ago, they started invading the schools. Taking my kid out, we're gone, we're out of here, we're out of here. Okay, cool. Well, 40 years later, they're gone. I mean, this is our response to every time they encroach on us, is just to walk away. Hell no, I'm not going to walk away. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to troll Drew Brees all season long for wearing a damn decal of a sexual assault arrest warrant dude on his helmet. I'm, not, I'm tired of walking away. I'm tired of it. Just handing over institutions, handing over systems that my value system created, that the people who carried this banner before I was born implemented, and just handing them over at the first sign the pagans show up and try to co-opt it. I'm be screw that noise. I'm not doing that. And I'm going to enjoy when you use your God-given talents to their fullest potential. But then when you're dumb, I'm going to say so loudly. And in your face the whole entire time. I can I can do both. But hey, if it annoys you, I certainly if it annoys you, walk away. I mean, if watching this stuff doesn't give you any any escapism anymore, then by all means, don't add any more stress to your life. I, I would certainly recommend that too. Todd, your thoughts? Well, yeah, I'm I'm definitely uh, closer. Listen, it's it's like with the Ray Rice stories and the 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 aforementioned uh, Chiefs player who's now on some other, you know, the well, who's this Aaron who committed the latest? Fem- Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, listen, I, th- those I think 
rightly understood are are the exceptions they aren't the rule most players aren't doing that if most players in the nfl were doing that i think everybody should pull away from this league absolutely the the same holds true here but i think we're getting close to having to make that decision is this league going full nba the nba is suffering the consequences of that should football too I, i i think it should, uh, quite frankly, uh, if it becomes that. Because the simple truth of the matter is, is it, escapism d- is you're actually leaving something temporarily, healthily, and then you're going back to real life. Way too much of sports uh, for men these days is permanent escapism. They they know nothing about culture politics faith they've told that that has become their faith and that is a real problem in this nation men have forsaken manhood for, for all different kinds of reasons and and sports interesting enough has always been a cro-magnon man to, to no it's actually the opposite in many respects we become less manly the more we totally globbed on to sports as an idol and this will just be another phase i mean i i love my sports as much as possible i have four daughters and they play sports at a high level but the, right, yeah no, i'm pushing back on you on this i gotta call a little bs here well, what's your favorite sport there's no bs to what's, be found. What, what's your favorite sport my favorite sport yeah, what's your favorite well one? growing up it was baseball okay yeah. what, what is what's the one you're the most immersed in right now the one i'm most immersed in right now is soccer because right. my g- girls play is soccer how in the world did they, that entire World Cup experience. You guys watched every game, didn't you? Uh, no. Did, you didn't watch most of the games? Oh, you mean just the U.S. Yeah, team? Yeah, the U.S. team. Yeah. yeah. Well, the same holds okay. true. They, they, they're, they, that entire team, with maybe two exceptions, is a yeah. platform for everything but, you push back on on this show every single day. But it's happening with my own daughters. My, I've raised two daughters. My oldest daughters are like are fed up with the women's national team because they've okay. seen it with their own eyes and we watch that and we have those discussions and and we 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 may not be watching uh in the future okay. this is happening in real time but it's okay. it, it, it's a reality it's not just a football thing as i said it's already happening in the nba but the football is not immune to this and and it is a form of idolatry to somehow make football because it's our favorite thing immune to it with it when it oh, no occurs. i made this moral calculation a long time ago if, if i was only going to see read books by authors that have view that appreciate mm-hmm. my views watch movies with then man i'm i'm down to the bible and the heidelberg catechism man and it was just the two of us in a monastery somewhere just chilling like villains i mean that that's that's the reality of the world that we live in now we all have different tap out moments right we all have that point where we're just like i'm out okay cool you know but i, I need escapes if you know steve dace you know that steve dace needs escapes Okay, so my tap out moment is going to be a lot more lenient probably than a lot of yours. Doesn't mean I don't have one. It's just going to be a lot more lenient other than the dumb genuflecting to fake racism because that's essentially America. That hell, the, the second most powerful man in America, Jared Kushner, spends most of his time with dumb genuflecting to fake racism, and y'all want to make his his, his father in law then the, uh, give him another four years in the White House. So please. Take your high horse and stick it where the sun don't shine, as far as I'm concerned. Here's here's where I am. With almost anything that is used for escapism or entertainment or anything having to do with something that I consume that's not actual food or, or something like that. You know, you listen to this podcast... You don't listen to it because it's got, predi- you know, it's got prodigious production value. You listen to it because the content 
on this podcast, on this television show, is something that resonates with you. The content, the words that Steve says on a day-to-day basis is excellent. The way it's the way that he presents it and says things is usually excellent on on a on a daily basis. Now, let's say that uh, on any given day or multiple times on any given podcast, I start butting in and I start interrupting Steve, or Todd does the same thing, or I just turn Steve's microphone off, or I just randomly start playing all of these just production things that really aren't the show. The production is not the show. The show is what Steve says, the words that come out of Steve's mouth that are supposed to be excellent. But when the production, the things surrounding the actual content start to get in the way of that, even if the content is excellent, there is a point. Sure. There is a point I agree. where you're, it's like I'm yep. I'm done with this. Yep. I'm I, I'm you know it's crowding out the actual the actual message that's on the show. I think the same thing can be said for any of these sports leagues whatsoever. If the things surrounding the sports leagues are are get to the point where it's so ubiquitous and I think we're seeing that with the NBA. I mean you've got the the, the names on the back of the jerseys. I mean it's just so in your face all of the time. You know, obviously that's that's a that's a point to, that they're reckoning with right now. But if it gets to the, the 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 place where the things surrounding the actual game are so distracting that it just it takes away from the excellence that these talents are or that these that these men are displaying on the court, that's when the that's when it reaches the tap out point for me, where it's like, you know what, this would be excellent, but the, all these things are getting in the way. All right, we have two minutes left in the whole hour. So, Denise, you get a minute. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, you get a minute to say what you want to say about this, and then we're going to go to predictions. Go ahead. Well, I think there is supporting the league, and then there's enjoying the entertainment. And and one thing I want to say right now is that there is not a right or wrong issue here. You know, if you feel uncomfortable not watching something, that's living according to your conscience. Uh, how I approach these kinds of things, because I love sports, I love football, um, so I'm affected by this as well, as well as like watching Netflix, which I have rejected and not giving my money to anymore, is do I give my money to you? And I will stop giving my money to you if you are in my in my face with your propaganda and things that are tearing down America and that are immoral. So I will, I mean, on a very in my face kind of way, not how you live your personal lives or an occasional thing but if you have an agenda that you're pushing down on me i am not going to give you my money now if i can watch some things and enjoy some things and not not give you and support you with that money then i won't but i also like steve said will speak out against what you're doing you know i can affirm players and love their play and love the sport and value it but i will speak out against what you're doing what you're using your platform to do to our country and i'll counter that in any way that i can within my sphere of influence you know and and that's the fight that that we're in today is where can we make a difference to push back against those that are using big money big platforms and entertainment and sports to uh, propagandize America. So that's what's important here. You know, as far as what entertainment you can get, how you can get it and all of those personal things and what you can tolerate on the field, those those are your personal decisions. But, uh, you know, I personally need to make a stand where I can stand by not supporting you and speaking out against you. All right, quickly predictions, and they have to be quick. Todd, go. Uh, I think Trump is going to uh, file a lawsuit uh, for uh, slander against the press Denise libel libel Denise I think uh, when Trump wins or if he wins that he will get rid of Falsy 
Aaron? The, the Big Ten and Pac-12 will start playing, but they're trying to use this time in order to come up with some ridiculous, over-the-top social justice warrior virtue signal that they'll implement when they do restart. My prediction, John Boyega is going to be the next Colin Kaepernick. He's going to parlay his rants. When he can't make it in Hollywood, he'll parlay that into a brand uh, as a promoter. We'll come back with uh, Feedback Friday. Denise, always good to see you. Hour two is your way next. Stay tuned. And greetings back with Hour 2 live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here alongside Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre. 888-900-3393 is the number. That's 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email the program. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Parlor at Steve Dace. You can also uh, find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash Steve Dace. You guys are going to have to talk here in a minute. I just want to warn you, okay? Because uh, I got to do something about these wasps. So just give me a second. Also, uh, if you are a podcast listener, uh, you can give us a, subscri- a subscription. By No, you hit the subscribe button. That's right. See, I am now, now I am distracted because my life is in danger. Okay, hit the subscribe button. Thank you. And you can also leave us a five-star review if you like shows when the host is broadcasting with his very life hanging in the balance. See the links I'm willing to go to for all of you. Okay, Uh, thank you for all of those five-star reviews uh, that we have received so far. Thousands of you have left those for us. Get yours in now before I'm stung to death here live on the air. All right, you guys need to talk now because I got to text the termite or the pest people right now. Okay. Uh, You want to do some mean tweets, Todd? Yes. All right. Uh, First one is from. uh, We'll go to. Are they mean against us? Yeah. Um, Awesome. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. I just. uh, Okay. Joey Bag of Donuts says, Bro, I mean to be rude. Uh, This is to me. And I don't know what's going on with your larynx. But you have got to go see some voice therapy and get that frog out of your throat. Todd, your thoughts. Well, I, I saw this initially, and I didn't understand what was going on because then you I, had some retort, and I thought maybe this was some inside baseball. But then somebody said, I think they're talking about m- me. Oh. Which, and I said, well, maybe that – do they think – because I've gotten that before. So do they think you're me? Apparently. Uh, apparently, maybe because I think people do get us confused uh, sometimes. Well, right when we went, right, you guys sound so much alike. Well, yeah. when, when we went to TV for the first time, people who saw us for the first time thought that my voice mm-hmm. belonged with you, yep, and your voice belonged with me. Did some because he sounds older than you, and you're older than him, right? Yeah, okay, right. or the beard, or something. I mean, who knows what happens? Yeah. All right, I'm back. Thank you. Okay, I had to lodge a complaint against. Uh, the super you never went anywhere buffalo butt remember him from good times no remember them that you don't you don't remember good times i remember good times i don't remember jj dynamite i remember buffalo butt wasn't he the 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 super that sucked at his job and was terrible that was one of those shows i was very aware of but how young we were yes that's very young we're young and i I I did not regularly watch it i i I loved it when i was little can i do one more thing steve uh, since i've been um you know producing and and killing wasps as well uh todd do you want to hear a joke about covid yes yeah there's a 98 percent chance you won't get it though (laughs) 
I yes. like that. All right, let's get to some feedback Friday. You guys ready? There's a little rim shot for Aaron. Nice. This one is from Rick, who says, I respect your opinion. Rick, that is your first and last mistake, brother. All right. Rick says, I respect your opinion and listen to your show almost every day while I work through my day. I have one question for you. You've got a million dollar bet on the line for this election. So you went to the you went to the the books. We can't bet on elections in Iowa, right? We can't do it here in or Iowa. Or in the country. Legally. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but uh, you go to a foreign uh, foreign uh, outlet and you bet on the outcome of this election. You put a million dollars down, he says. I love the way he's phrased this question, okay? Because he's, he's touching like all of my hot buttons here. Handicapping, elections, analysis, all of it. Okay? You've got a million dollar bet on the line for Trump's reelect. And you get to direct the White House slash Trump campaign with three orders that they cannot deny or overturn and must follow you to the T. What are the three things that you are instructing them to do? I love this question. Right? This is a fun one. Okay? Because it puts you in charge in a way that nobody can tell you no. That's right. Of course you with, love with, that. And, with, and, and <laughs> in a way that nobody ever would on top of that too. Yes. Okay? All right. Three things. Number one. I'm going to uh, have Trump issue an executive defund of Planned Parenthood. That's the number one thing I'm going to do. Okay. And Trump's got a statement out right now that he's sending around the country to uh, pro-life leaders, voters. By the way, they're already so much better organized than they were four years ago. I've had two Trump canvassers at my door in just the last couple of weeks where I live. So, but he, they're sending a letter across the country to pro-life leaders and voters I've seen it um, stating, hey, I'm the, it's from Trump. I'm the most pro-life president ever. These are the things I've done, okay? And um, I think I've earned your vote and I need it. I would urge him to check one last box and that is to use executive power to defund Planned Parenthood under the guise, see, the, the law permits Trump, the Medicaid law, which is... One of the primary ways that Planned Parenthood gets funded by the federal government is through Medicaid, okay? The Medicaid law, and I think actually it's it's a universal statute, if, if there is known fraud, then the executive uh, department which or, or branch, which is in charge of actually allocating money, actually dispersing it itself, all right? So Congress, it, Congress decides what you get. But the money comes from the federal bureaucracy, and he is in charge of that, the treasury, okay, et cetera, um, HHS, things of that nature that would be that, that would be that this would be under the purview of. Under the Medicaid law, there's known fraud. They have admitted under oath that they have been caught peddling baby parts in the David Daleiden trial. He should, on those grounds, issue an executive defund of Planned Parenthood. And the reason I'm going to start there is twofold. One, it's the, I think the most pressing moral issue of the age, obviously. But two, there's something strategic here as well. Politically, he needs every last one of those pro-life voters to vote for him. All of them. He needs them all. Along those same lines, one of the primary funders of Democrat candidates across the country is which organization, guys? Planned, Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood is. So why are you giving and funding your political enemies? 
Who does that? Like, did we like fund the Japs after on December 8th, 1941? Did the Japs get like a hundred million dollar foreign aid check? Okay. Who does that? Well, we've been doing it actually for, for decades, frankly. All right. So stop funding your political opponents and use the executive power to defund them. That is the first thing that I would do. All right. It, it puts them at a competitive disadvantage at the same time. It, it's one last play for really it's the most important voting block within the Republican party is the pro-life vote without the pro-life vote. I've gone over this history a million times. Ronald Reagan's never president guys. So that's the first thing that I would do. The second thing I would do is I would make the election a referendum on aggressive action against lawlessness. Now, here's what here's how I would do this, okay? Because we keep seeing people say, we keep seeing people, and some of them are people I like and I respect. I just disagree with this tactic. I think it is difficult to make the argument, here's what Joe Biden's America looks like when Joe Biden isn't president. This is what it'll look like when Joe Biden is president. It's happening right now, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. But I understand the political, why there, no, I don't agree with this either, but I think this is a viable opinion. It, it's just not one that I share because I think the benefits outweigh the blowback, okay? But there is a viable political analysis out there that says that, he, that Trump is being baited into sending the feds into these places to create quagmires, body counts, poor headlines, more chaos, right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, in order to further give the notion that America is in disarray and disintegrating between now and election day, right? Mm-hmm. And then, and, and there are really smart people who have this take. I think it has merit. I don't agree with that take, but I don't think you're dumb for having it, nor I think you're a spinmeister or a shill, because I'm sure that that is part of the overall strategy here. I just have now. Why, if you want to know why I don't have that take, it's because we're sending in people that are really trained with real weapons. They're a mob. I, I, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I mean, um, uh, boot, meat, throat, hammer, meat, nail, a- boot, meat, ant. I mean, this is a, it's a mismatch. And we saw this in Kenosha, Wisconsin. I mean, they sent the 900 federal agents in there. And then what, you know, what have we heard from that city since? Nothing. Right. And at the very least, uh, I, I'm with you on that, but Trump, he missed an opportunity early on and he played it perfectly in wisconsin don't it made it look like trump perhaps did not want to go in at all early on mm-hmm. now he's making it clear hey man all you got to do is call me i'll yep. go in he he should have been playing that that's why the way and that's where i'm going with okay. this with this strategy you nailed it okay so how do i if i'm trump i've got both of these camps in my own base probably in my own mm-hmm. camp at 1600 pennsylvania avenue and they've got viable arguments on both sides okay so then if you, because here's the other thing you want to do, you're going to notice that I am trying to concoct a strategy of things I think Trump is willing and capable of successfully doing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. All right. My job in the in in Rick in your email is to is to make him successful, which means I'm not going to ask him, hey, write, come here, deliver the next Gettysburg address. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to put him in a position where he can't succeed. So these are all things that that tie into his own message and abilities and capabilities, okay? 
So, number one, he's making a very specific play that I've earned your pro-life vote all over the country. Check this last box, confirm that sale, and then defund your political enemies on top of it. That's number one, all right? So that plays to his strengths. Number two, I think this plays to his strengths. Trump feels very hesitant, we've seen as a president, acting, because he's not a man of deep conviction as much as he's a man of self-interest. Not a judgment, it's an observation. If, if, If you want someone to lie to you, other shows for that. We're not going to do that here. Okay. Donald Trump has shown that he is more he is more motivated by self-interest than deep, deep principle and conviction. Okay. Um, so then play to that strength then. He's going to have a hard time jumping in one of these two camps about whether to stay off or jump in when they're so divided. So then concoct a strategy that puts both of those camps on the same page. How would I do that? What you just said. All right. The strategy is we're going to make this election a referendum on going in. Hey, do you want me to take stronger action with these cities? The, the, the statute says I can do it. But you need to know if we send the feds in there, these thugs and barbarians, there's, there may be more, they, they may clash with the police in the streets, the feds in the streets. I'm willing to do that. But are you willing to do that? Is that what you want me to do? Do you want me to go to those kinds of lengths? I'm go- you vote for me, I'm doing it. November 4th, 5th, 6th, by Thanksgiving, we're going to do to these cities, to the thugs and rioters in these cities, what we did to the, what we did to the, the, the thugs and rioters in Anbar Province and Fallujah after the 04 election. We're doing it. Vote for Joe Biden. He won't act at all. He's made that very clear. You'll just get more of it. See how I've, tr- I've spun the message here. Yes. I'm empowering the audience now. You line up with me so that together with a mandate, I can act. Yeah, you can't call me a tyrant if I show up. You invited me you here. Invited you invited asked- me in. I made this an issue in the campaign. My intention is, if you in- is that I need to know, though, you're behind me because it could get messy if we go in there. You need to know that. Could get messy. So I need to know the American people are behind me. We can't trust these Democrat mayors and governors. We've already seen that. So we, we busted people from 44 different cities in Kenosha, Wisconsin back in August. So here's, here's the referendum issue of this election. Vote for me. That's a mandate. You've sent the message. You want a president who will defend your property and your freedom. I'm doing it. November 4th, when you get up the next morning. Vote for Joe Biden. You know he's not doing that. And so now I've taken these two camps that are split within my own base on whether to act or whether to wait. I've put them together with a message that they could both get galvanized behind these final 60 days. That makes sense? Totally. And then the third thing I would do, I don't believe you should fire Fauci and Burks right now. Should have fired them three months ago, but I wouldn't do it right now. What I would do, though, is make sure that their faces are never on camera or they never speak for the White House ever again. I would make Scott Atlas the singular face of my coronavirus response. No one else at the White House except for the president himself, no one else, addresses, the ma- address, addresses virus matters except for Scott Atlas. He's essentially the secretary of coronavirus. And I let him go to war with the panic porn peddlers. That frees me as the that frees my candidate up now to just go and make his case to the American people. Gets out of the weeds of the virus. Let the decorated doctor from Stanford let him take on the the fake epidemiologist at CNN. Go run for the presidency. 
and keep Fauci and Burks with their bedazzled face shield off camera, never re to have them absolutely not representing the White House in any capacity whatsoever. If they talk out of school between now and November the 3rd, it, it did, a tree falls in a forest, man, it didn't happen. You're not acknowledging them on any level whatsoever. And then shortly after the election, win or lose, you're firing their asses, but you're not doing it right now. Those are the three things I would urge this White House to do if I had a million dollars on the line on a bet for his reelect and I was given three things that that they had to do that gave my bet the best chance to pay off. Gentlemen, you want to comment on those three things? It's amazing because I have no quibble with I don't think you can do better. But what's fascinating about it is this is, you know, from February until now. Uh, so we're talking uh, eight months of a presidency that's four years long. Amongst those three points, nothing about economy, nothing about Obamacare, nothing about courts, nothing about the border. The dominant themes for most of his presidency aren't even on there. And like I said, I think rightly so. You couldn't pick all of them. You only chose to pick three. But I, I think that just goes to show how much the environment that's just, the key word. That is the key word. I have to acknowledge yes. the environment too. Yes. Listen, what you didn't ask me what what I wished he would do. You asked me if I had a million dollars on the line, what do I, what I want him to do so I could win that bet yeah. with that much cash on the line. Well, realpolitik. Yes. That's different. That's a different answer. Yeah. I mean, if I could, if I if, if you if you sent me a question, said Steve, pick the guarantee Trump wins, and you get to pick the three things he talks about. Well, we're going to get into some of the stuff you're talking about then. But if, if I know he's going to win, and I can get him to talk about the stuff that matters for the next fifty years, let's do that. But you didn't ask me that. You asked me what I thought would help a bet pay off in the next sixty days, and so what okay. that means, I've got to acknowledge the environment for what it is could you have conceived though back in january before the iowa caucuses no, no. that you wouldn't suggest at least one of those four things no. i mean it's impossible it's no. impossible no that's Yet, here we point. are that's a great point aaron what do you think I, I agree with all all three of those recommendations the only thing that i would say or tweak a, a little bit is uh, either you go full stapler guy with fauci burks put them in the basement keep them working on pointless mindless ta tasks never see them again never see them again or uh, i think more likely what might have the chance of even being more effective effective they are seen but they are never heard they are seen but they're not heard that makes it look like when scott atlas goes up there to answer questions from the fake epidemiologists and the uh, in the media it makes it look like they fauci and burks are giving scott atlas their tacit approval when they're just there behind the scenes, seen but not heard. That's the only thing that I would tweak. But overall, yes, the sentiment is, I mean, you make you make Atlas your point guy. And even better yet, if you can get Ianides to come in as well, I think that, that well, makes things Well, they're on the better. same faculty, yep. so why not? Yeah. By the way, just got this email from Rhonda Plummer. I had totally forgotten about this, Rhonda. Great point. She says, another reason for Trump to do the executive defund of Planned Parenthood. Remember, it was Kamala Harris that was the original prosecutor for David Daleiden. Yeah. I had yep. forgotten about that. Yep. I know. So it brings Perfect. all of that. Yeah. This, so my ideas were actually even better than I yes. thought they were. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what I hear you saying, Rhonda? I'm smarter than I was even giving myself credit for. Now, that's a great point, Rhonda. That, that, that's good stuff right there. All right, let's get to some more of your feedback. This is from Miles, who said, I just started listening to your show, watching through YouTube, and I love it. 
but I just don't understand why other media will not share the information about the virus you do with the USA. I'm a physician and completely, and I've always felt the way, felt the way the USA handled the infection was criminal and negligent. One persistent lockdown infringement is the mandatory use of masks. If you have already spoken on this subject, please share with me how I may listen or read about your take on this. If now the public, if not the public, uh, The public will be very benefited if you guys would investigate this further. We've actually done several things on masks. Miles, thank you for your note. Let me start with the first point. The reason why you don't hear, there's two reasons why you haven't heard until recently with the addition of Atlas to the task force. There's a reason why you have it. And, and, and then the other smart move the Trump administration did is when they took sovereignty over the data away from CDC. They said, hey, you still have to compile the data. That's your job. But we're going to put HHS in charge of actually disseminating it, stratifying it. Um, the reason why, Miles, those two things didn't happen is, is two unfortunate events colluded with each other unintentionally to make it so you had um a left media that is the propaganda arm of the democratic party realized that the economy was was essentially trump's bulletproof vest to get reelected. it's what would cause people who don't personally like him to vote for him again anyway just because they they like the way their lives are going right now right okay so you disrupted their lives as much as possible take their jobs away send the kids home from school no movie theaters no sports nowhere to go you, you completely disrupt all their lives so that when they go to vote on election day there's only really one singular person to hold accountable and in contempt for it and it's the guy that's in charge at the moment right right that was one strategy and we all we all saw that coming <clears throat> the problem is that trump's own white house played into this for too long he ceded his uh, his White House's uh, authority to Anthony Fauci and Deborah Burks. They essentially became the Isengard and Mordor, the two towers of America's Middle Earth, for about four or five months. They really were in charge. And those two things colluded with each other to create an information black hole. That unless you were this show and shows like it, unless you were one of those anonymous, independent researchers online, who, by the way, also have dug up, you know, when you've heard the guy who, uh, what's his face, the 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 17-year-old that went into Kenosha. Rittenhouse. Rittenhouse. When you heard about the, the guy who came after him that he defended himself against and he shot, right? You heard that he was, um, uh, uh, he was sex on offender. a sex offender yep. list, right? But who knows? What, does it mean when he was 21, he had sex with a 16-year-old girl? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. What, what does that mean? Okay. How about five alleged molestations? That guy dug up yesterday. You guys see that story? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, this, this is a guy that is a fiend, basically. But um, again, that was dug up by anonymous researchers on Twitter. Our own media just wasn't interested. So unless you had access to those people or you had access to a show like this, there was an information black hole. All all that you received was a feedback loop of panic porn. And it's only recently that the White House has has broken through that. And you can see just even in one month, even in one month of real data from CDC, how has the entire narrative and debate about this just completely changed in one month? Now imagine, now you know why I was railing on this show against CDC for months. Because if you, if, if, if we had the same data that the Dutch government showed their people and the Swiss government showed their people and the Swede government showed their people and the UK government is now showing their people, you're watching the UK, by the way, 
they're, they're becoming Sweden like right now in real time. Like now their Department of Education is telling people don't put the kids in masks. I mean, the UK is so done with the Rona. I mean, they're just totally done. And it's because their media actually has been pressuring the, the conservative government there uh, to, to let up on the lockdowns. So they're of one mind. We didn't have that here because we had an election. And so on one end, you had the media understood that this was a chance to disrupt life to an excess, to a fundamental granular level so that people would then turn on Trump and vote against him in November as the guy who didn't control the virus. And then two, Trump was par- Trump in the White House was paranoid about looking like they weren't in control of the virus. So let's give it over to the experts. And they just so happened to choose the biggest quack experts that we had rather than the ones that were actually yelling the entire time, what are you doing here, right? So those two things colluded together to give us what the last six months have looked like. As for masks, the flu microbe is larger than the microbe for COVID-19. So then why haven't we been wearing masks every flu season? Two years ago, we had one of the worst flu seasons in recent memory. Where was the call to wear masks then? I'm not anti-mask. Every time this has come up, you've heard me say this. I am not anti-mask. I don't believe you have a right to not be inconvenienced when someone else's life is at stake. The same impulse that leads me to be disgusted when people just pull out their phones in a New York subway and film a guy raping a woman rather than charging his thug ass and, and taking him out right then and there. That same instinct says to me, hey, guys, if there's a pandemic going around and the mask help, put on a damn mask. You're not, you're not entitled to not be inconvenienced. Your, your inconvenience isn't a liberty. That's not how liberty works. If liberty was based on convenience, then why aren't we all pro-abortion? It's not convenient for me to be a parent right now, so why, I, why, why can't I just get rid of it? Isn't that, isn't that the abortionist argument? Mm-hmm. So liberty isn't dependent on, inco- on, your, on, on, on your level of convenience. That's not how it works. I'm anti-BS, anti-voodoo, anti-statist scams. The masks don't work. They don't work. Hong Kong is on its third wave of lockdowns. The Philippines, its second wave of lockdowns. Hawaii, which has been on a mask mandate since April 24th. Last I checked, 700% increase in cases in Hawaii. If you can't mask up and socially distance in Hawaii, which is 2,000 miles away from the next pocket of civilization, then tell me we're on this third rock from the sun. You can. They, they don't work. I wish that they did. I think the last five... Guys, go back and listen to our show in March. I think Shannon was, uh, was on our roundtable when I suggested this early on on a Friday on one of our roundtables. You guys remember this? And I suggested... Mm. Why don't we just wear masks and not do lockdowns? Shannon like yeah. lost got lost it on me. God bless her. All right. But I was fine with this with this deal in November or in March. Originally, if the masks work, we didn't know the size of the microbe in March. We didn't know a lot of things in March. But but when I suggested wearing masks in March, Fauci and everybody went on TV and said people like me were nuts. They wouldn't help and we don't need that. We're gonna run out. Remember this? Of course. Now suddenly, when we know the size of the microbe that that, that transmits the virus, won't work. Not to mention, how is your mask fitted? Anytime you take, like at Disney, you have to wear, we're going to Disney in November. Looking forward to it. So Disney wants you to wear a mask, but then they have stations where you can go take your mask off and rest and cool down. Okay. So then when I go into this station, take my mask off, 
cool down and put my mask back on, do you know what no longer works? Can you guys guess what no longer works? The mask! The mask no longer works, guys. When I go into a restaurant in California when I was there recently, wear a mask going through the entrance, walking to my table. Take the mask off when we go to eat. So I'm touching every surface now and putting it in my mouth. And then put the mask back on. Guess what no longer works? The mask! Go to the movie theater, wear the mask in the lobby. Take it off when you get to your seat. Some of you are like, what's a movie theater? I've forgotten what those are. <laughs> Take it off when you get to your seat when you're eating popcorn, drinking your drink. Put it back on when you walk out. Guess what no longer works? The mask. They don't work. There aren't any randomized trials and studies that show that they work. Every randomized study and trial that we did before this pandemic showed that they don't. That's why you weren't masking up every winter flu season. That's why every year when you were te with teachers that were teaching little kids that are just little germ factories in kindergarten and first grade, right? Touching everything, wiping their snot, and that's on their lunch that they then eat and then come and give you a hug, right? Okay? Why didn't we make all those little kids wear masks the entire time so they wouldn't get, wouldn't get Mrs. Johnson sick? Because they don't, we thought, hey, that might be a good idea. Let's look at it. Guess what we found? They don't work. Well, Steve, why do they wear masks in Asia? Well, first of all, why do they have like no women in Asia? So they have to ship women in from other countries to marry. I don't live in Asia, number one. But number two, they have a smog problem. China's the worst polluter in the world. And it's not even close. Okay. So they don't work. I, I wish, I, I'm sincere when I tell you, really, I wish that they did. I hate them. I'd have worn one everywhere if it meant we had the Final Four last year. If it meant that we had, uh, you know, I could take my kid to a ball game this summer. If it meant the Wonder Woman movie was out by now, I'd have worn one. They don't work. The whole thing is a political scam. They don't work. That's why we don't promote them on the show. More in a moment. Back to some more of your feedback here on the Feedback Friday here on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. Matthew Dorner says Nike last quarter lost 40% on its earnings report. That comes down to about a $790 million loss last quarter. They've got layoffs abounding, etc. Was Nike stock's initial boost due to a shift in investing by woke investors jumping on board to temporarily prop up their stock while it remained? in the news for Colin Kaepernick's antics. At any rate, I think the general population is tiring of all the social justice warriors pontificating from on high. So is Nike's 40% earnings drop another symbol of that? Well, first of all, Matthew, I'd not heard of Nike's earnings drop. I'll admit I don't own their stock, so I don't keep track of it, but I'll take your word for it. The 40% number is, is relevant in this conversation in a second application, though, Matthew, because... Uh, the NBA has seen a 40% decline in its playoff TV ratings, TV ratings in the last two years. It's lost 40%. That's steep. Well, what's changed in the last 40 years? Or I'm sorry, in the last two years. Um, the league has allowed not the players to have political opinions. They go on J LeBron James's barbershop show or the, the shop or whatever it's called and pontificate on their thoughts or on their Instagrams or their Twitters uh, or even, you know, uh, even like um, in a post-game interview. 
the league has decided to allow the games themselves to become a platform for a particular political message. Not like everybody's political message. And, and sure, they'll tell you that, hey, if, if you have a political message, you want to throw up, uh, you know, defund Planned Parenthood, you can put that in your jersey. We all know that no one's... Show me the player who would have the balls to do that and then run them for office. They're in the wrong line of work, okay? So let's not pee on each other and claim that it's raining. We all know what this means. There's a certain... There's a certain... Now, the NFL has a lot more ideological diversity. So when the tight end for the Cincinnati Bengals says, hey, I'm going to honor the cop that got killed in the riots, they're not going to say anything to him in the NFL. There's almost no ideological diversity in the NBA. So when they say they're making the games themselves a platform for politics, it's really just for one particular message. And I got to tell you, I don't think it's just go woke, go broke. I, I think that if if there had been, a, if one if Major League Baseball decided... We're going to make the entire thing, uh, we're going to put uh, Second Amendment in the outfield. And uh, uh, we're going to put, uh, um, uh, I mean, global warming is a hoax, you know, on, on decals on our uniforms. I don't think they'd lose 40% of their ratings because I, I think sports, not all, the, the, the sports audience in general tends to be more right of center. But it's not like it's it's not like it's 90 10. It's like 55 45. There's a sizable audience that is left of center that loves sports. I just think in general, the majority of people who love sports tend to tend to be more right of center than the general population. Do I think they'd lose 40% of their audience? No. But would they lose some if they did that? Yeah. Yeah, they would. And I'd understand. Yeah, because people want these things to be escapes. You know, the players were out there saying the last couple of weeks. Hey, you know, you think these things are escapes and you can come here and escape from this? We're going to make sure you can't. No, you you can't make sure. This isn't a captive audience, guys. This isn't North Korea or China, you know, the NBA's chief business partner, where you do have a captive audience anytime you want because it's a totalitarian regime. People just watch Guy Fieri for the 75th time, even though they've seen this episode of, uh, you know, uh, before. Because at least there, it's it's an escape most people turn on TV to escape reality. It's just a matter of what channel is this escape that they prefer. Like we talk about Tucker Carlson's monster ratings on a record night against 5 million viewers. That's like a record night. Guys, at its heyday, when our colleague Phil Robertson was on Duck Dynasty, at its heyday, it was getting 12 million viewers an episode, guys. Okay. Two and a half times what Tucker Carlson would do on his best night. And he's the number one show in cable news. Why? Because the vast majority of people who turn on TV turn it on to escape the stuff that Steve Dace and Tucker Carlson talk about. Or Rachel Maddow and Anderson Cooper for that matter. And these, these leagues are now saying you can't come to us for an escape anymore. Audiences are going to say, you sure about that? Because I don't have to watch. So... You sure? I just want to watch that. One thing that's really making me mad about this 
to your point, both nationally and locally, I'm hearing the pushback. Like these guys are are more than just ball players. They they have thoughts. They have feelings. Why aren't they allowed to speak out? That is an utter straw man. Yep. Steve and I grew up with guys named Charles Barkley and yeah. Dennis Rodman. Yeah. There is even you agreed, you disagreed. I'm we just not honored a the model. death of John Thompson. Remember yeah. him? Yes. I you, mean, now John lived in the civil rights era. He died at like 80 years old, so he remembers what high pressure water hoses were yeah. like but but he i mean he was very vocal at, at the time that georgetown had the number one college basketball program in the country mm-hmm. he was very vocal about his political beliefs didn't politicize the game itself though when you went to watch the game that's the distinction we're talking about but then he went on that basketball court and he coached patrick ewing up yep. and he coached alvin iverson up and now alvin iverson uh not because he just passed away they were showing videotape of alvin uh uh Iverson crying and talking about how John Thompson saved him. Mm-hmm. Thank God he grew up in that era and not this one, because God only knows what happens to a basketball player that is just allowed to have their entire game turned into this trash. That is the point. Let the game lift people up to the point where then you can go off and live your life and say what you want to say and do what you want to do. And we know we live in a country that allows that and appreciates that. But the real tyranny is now what's happening to the NBA right now. Don says the rulings, uh, I'm sorry, Kayla Smith says, I'm not wild about voting for Trump, didn't do it the first time around because I didn't actually trust that he would do anything he said, but here and there, someone will convince me that maybe it would be irresponsible not to do so. I'm so unimpressed with how he has handled COVID-19 and I failed to see how he has done anything to make an impact on life. I wondered if you could dictate a, or could dedicate a portion of your show to all the good things Trump has done in his time in office so far. Has he really done anything he said he would? Recently, I had someone tell me she didn't think you could be a Christian and not vote for him in this election. Well, the first part of your show, we've been doing that, Kayla, the entire time. We call balls and strikes. When he does what we like, we approve. When he doesn't do what we like, we don't. And so... I, I mentioned the letter that he's sending around about his pro-life accomplishments, everything on there he has done. The one thing I would argue with him is talking about Neil uh, Gorsuch and Brett Kavanaugh as pro-life justices. We don't know that, actually. You know, we don't have a clue. Well, we know Brett Kavanaugh isn't a pro-life. He might be an anti-abortion judge, meaning that he might not be for abortion on demand, but he made it very clear in his confirmation hearings that uh, he's not pro-life. He made it very clear. You know, the whole Roe v. Wade, the law of the land, and all that other stuff. Neil Gorsuch, we don't really know what his views are. We somehow managed to find the one federal judge in America who had, like, no precedent on his record at all on the abortion issue. But everything else that's in his, that is in his letter that he is sending around, um, I know he's only defunded, what is it, 2% of Planned Parenthood's uh, budget with Title X. But that's 100% more than any Republican president has defunded Planned Parenthood of before. So everything else that's in his note, he has done. Um, and if you listen to the show, we are constantly pointing out the good and the bad. It's your last point in your note that I want to address. I, I Guys, <laughs> do you want to know what determines whether you're a Christian? The word Christian, what's the root word of the word Christian? Christ. Where you're at with him, what your relationship is with him, that determines whether or not you're a Christian. 
Christ does. Well, Steve, you know, a tree by its fruit. Yeah, but what's the root of that tree? For I am the vine, you are the branch. Those who remain in me will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. What, what produces that fruit? Your relationship with him, your desire to have a relationship with him, your desire for that relationship to grow. Can we, can we put a, a Jonah Hill gif on the, I can't believe if you, how can you be a, I, I've had people email me. If you're going to watch the NFL, I can't believe you're a Christian. I've, I've gotten that email. Now, now, if you want to say, I don't understand as a Christian why you wouldn't want to vote for Trump in this election, given what's at stake. I, I'm, am I okay with that debate? I think that's a fair thing to say. And you can have different opinions on that, but that's different than how can you be a Christian if you don't vote for Trump or, or blank or this? No, 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 no. Literally hell no. Okay. When, when you meet your maker, he's not going to look at your voting record. Okay. Where are you at with Christ? Otherwise, you can't pay the debt for your sins. And there aren't enough righteous election day votes you think you could make that can take the red out of your ledger where that's concerned, okay? Can we just stop with that stuff, please? Come on, man. If you want to say, hey, man, I don't, I don't know how you can believe in what America is about and not vote for Trump, that's a different conversation again, right? Mm-hmm. But no, no, no. Okay. No. Mary says, it has been exceedingly painful to watch my husband succumb to the effects of Alzheimer's dementia, which his mother passed away from as well. A man with an incredible memory and intellect who, read, who reads the newspaper out loud to me now struggles through even very simple words like a young child just learning how to read. This will happen to Biden. So even teleprompters won't help. It's a matter of time. You see the early evidence of this, don't we? Oh, good. Uh, to say the least. It, I'm still debating with myself about how hardcore to pounce on that. Because I just... I don't want to have to do it. But man, you've... you've <laughs> I, now I sound like Nancy Pelosi. I'm sorry that you trapped me. I, I really don't want to have to do this, but you did nominate... A, a dementia yeah, that's patient. Why, that's why I just kind of said to say the least and moved on because I know it's uncomfortable for you and like yeah. I, it's but it's not in the least uncomfortable to me. Like it, you're, you're, <laughs> but you're not, you're not, you're not running for coolest grandpa of the year. I know, I know, I know. That's what I mean. It's this. It's kind of the same thing as the RBG. Um, conversation i mean it's just it's reality guys i don't like it either i've i've communicated that myself i don't like well one it's not the way things should be every time a supreme court justice uh goes to a hospital you know different sides of the political spectrum should not be lighting up but it is just you know she's an old lady and uh, with you know she's not in the prime of her life either so it's natural to have these types of conversations about who will succeed her um 
And so I think the same thing in, in a different way kind of applies to Joe Biden. He's an old man with dementia. That's, you know, you, you don't have to be mean unnecessarily, but at the same time, this is just the reality of the situation. There, we can't escape that. Well said. Bob Luzzi writes, do you think it was or is a coincidence that America's small businesses, the entrepreneurs, the risk takers, those who today possess the spirit and grit of the settlers who headed west 200 years ago, they were the ones most affected and targeted by the COVID scam government shutdowns. Could it be that small businesses are the most independent and least unified as a group and therefore most easily controlled by politicians with authoritarian impulses? Could it be authoritarian politicians have almost no appreciation or respect for what it takes to be an entrepreneur? Yeah. That is very well said, Bob. Very well said. Lori writes, it seems that our local government here in Kansas City has mandated masks through 2021. As a citizen, other than fudge the truth and say that I have a medical exemption, how do I fight this? This is beyond maddening. I live on a military post in Leavenworth and our base commander is paralyzed with fear. I recognize that some of his decisions are based on Department of Defense standards, but I am so weary of the fear. I am willing to take a personal stand. I'm just not sure how to affect greater change. Well, if you live on a military base... Does that mean you're enlisted? If you are, then you have you agree through the Uniform Code of Military Justice to surrender some of the basic extensions of liberties that the average American and the general population um, has the right that you're fighting for, frankly. But that's part of the bargain, right? So I, I, that if you signed up for that, then I don't I don't know what to tell you in that circumstance. Now, if you're a private citizen like a spouse living on that base because you have someone serving. That's a little bit of a different situation. But in general, if you're a private citizen, civil disobedience is ultimately the only option you're left when, when, the, when the lawmakers and upholders and enforcers won't listen to you. Then you're left with, are you willing to comply with this even though you know that it's wrong? Okay? But ultimately... I mean, that's what the Boston Tea Party was. It was an act of civil disobedience. They just had a lot more fun than your typical acts of civil disobedience. But that, that's what we're talking about here. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I refuse to comply. Any law or mandate or regulation is only as enforceable as those that are willing to comply with it. Know what I'm saying? If you're not willing to comply with it, then it's not, it's not enforceable. If you are willing to comply with it, then it's 100% enforceable. Then they don't have to worry about it because you're already enforcing it on yourself. I, I've gotten a lot of these kinds of emails this year, and I keep repeating this theme. You're just going to have to learn how to say the word no. You don't, if you don't want to comply to something that you don't think is right, then don't do it. And yes, there will be consequences. Or you, you, do a, you pull a John MacArthur and you call their bluff in public. And you make them look foolish at the exact same time. But this country was built by people and founded by people who refused to comply. Now, it took them a while to get there. They didn't just get there overnight. And some of them were dragged there kicking and screaming at the very last minute of the vote. But ultimately, with the Declaration of Independence, what's a Declaration of Independence mean? It means we are no longer complying with your edicts. We are, we are no longer complying to be ruled by your authority. So therefore, your laws here are now null and void. We will not abide by them. That's what it means. And we'll take on the consequences for that action. Massimo, which is a cool name. Can you explain to me why, even with the two candidates so weak and unpopular we have, there is no valuable independent presidential candidate running? 
Kanye. Kanye's still running, isn't he? I think so, yeah. So there you go. Yeah, Kanye. <laughs> I can't. He said that out loud. It's 2020. It's true. it's true. We're sticking around doing the overtime. For the rest of you, have a great weekend. John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.